from LPM. Louisville Public Media. Support for LPM Podcasts comes from the Eye Care Institute and Butchertown Clinical Trials, where they strive for diversity, equity, and inclusion within their staff, patients, and clinical trial participants. To learn more, visit butchertown.clinic. Welcome to Kentucky Politics Distilled. I'm Jonice Franklin with Kentucky Public Radio Capital reporter Ryland Barton. Ryland, this week Governor Andy Bashir issued a statewide mask mandate for schools. Uh, this comes as coronavirus cases are on the rise again in Kentucky and lots of kids are returning to in-person classes for the first time in a year and a half. Yeah, initially Bashir had left it up to local school districts to come up with their own coronavirus safety plans. But as of late last week, about two-thirds of the 171 Kentucky school districts weren't requiring anyone to wear masks. That's according to WFPL's education reporter Jess Clark, who went through every school district's policy that she could find. Then this week, some schools that had already opened started reporting outbreaks. More than 700 students and staff had to be quarantined at Warren County. County public schools. That led to a bunch of districts implementing mask policies that hadn't had them before. And finally, Bashir implementing his own school mask mandate. This is how we make sure we protect our children, but this is also how we make sure that they stay in school. Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron quickly challenged Bashir's order. There are a lot of legal challenges over Bashir's restrictions going on here. How does this one fit in? So Cameron says Bashir violated a ruling out of Boone Circuit Court from earlier this year that banned him from making more coronavirus restrictions. That case is currently on appeal with the state Supreme Court. Meanwhile, a different court earlier this year allowed Bashir to continue to make emergency orders. That case is the one where Bashir sued the legislature for trying to limit his emergency powers and the state supreme court heard arguments over it earlier this summer and is still deliberating over a final ruling really however the court rules will end up having a lot of impact on what exactly the governor's emergency powers are meanwhile the kentucky board of education this week swooped in and passed their own school mask mandate and unlike Bashir's emergency orders this one will last for 270 days unless the board comes back in and decides to shorten it. So this kind of takes it out of the hands of the governor. Yeah, and though the board is made up of the governor's appointees, they have emergency powers that are independent of the governor's, and nobody's challenging their powers. At least they aren't yet. Okay, also this week, U.S. Senator Rand Paul disclosed that his wife, Kelly Paul, bought stock in the company that makes remdesivir, a coronavirus treatment drug. But she bought the stock way back in February 2020, and this report came in extremely late. In the 10 years that Rand Paul has been in the Senate, this investment of somewhere between $1,000 and $15,000 in Gilead Sciences is the first time he has ever reported a stock purchase. Under the rules designed to prevent lawmakers from investing based on insider knowledge, they and their spouses are supposed to report stock buys within 45 days. So the Pauls were about a year and a half late on this one. A spokesperson said Paul had filled out the disclosure form last year but only just learned it hadn't transmitted properly this is also unusual because of the timing of the purchase february 2020 is right before the pandemic really takes off across the u.s but paul's spokesperson said he attended no private briefings about covid kelly paul says she made her decision to invest in the stock based on information that was available to the public 
Okay, finally, this week we got new census data that gives us a little better idea about population changes in Kentucky over the last 10 years. Uh, Rural areas are losing people and urban areas are gaining. What else can we learn from this? This is what really sets the stage for redistricting, which will take place during the next year's legislative session. There's definitely been a lot of population decline in far eastern and far western Kentucky, meaning a lot of these areas where Republicans have gained influence in recent years are all of a sudden going to be represented by fewer districts. At the same time, areas around cities are growing. The big gainers were Scott County, which includes Georgetown, Warren County, which includes Bowling Green, Shelby County outside of Louisville, and Boone County outside outside of Cincinnati, so districts will need to be drawn to account for those shifts in population. Other fun facts from the census data, Kentucky got a little more diverse. It went from 86% white to 81% white, but is still the ninth whitest state in the nation. The black population still sits at about 8%, and the Hispanic Latino population increased from 3.1% to 4.6%. Okay, we'll leave it there. We've been speaking with Kentucky Public Radio Capital reporter Rylan Barton with this week's edition of Kentucky Politics Distilled. Kentucky Politics Distilled is produced by Louisville Public Media. To support this work, visit wfpl.org slash support kpd. That's wfpl.org slash support kpd. Follow us on your podcast app to stay on top of the latest news from Frankfurt. You can read more of our statewide coverage at WFPL.org. Support comes from Vision Zero. On foot or behind the wheel, safety is a shared responsibility. And Vision Zero Louisville believes zero roadway fatalities is the only acceptable amount. Their mission is to create safe roads by design, engineering solutions, and education. More information at visionzerolouisville.org.